Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Coming in live from the 405 Freeway in Southern California, Blair Angulo, my co-host on the West of the Red podcast. I am Brandon Huffman coming to you live from my office. But Blair, Elite 11 was the big topic of the week. That's all anybody wanted to talk about until Thursday morning when John Wilner, the San Jose Mercury News, dropped arguably the biggest bombshell in Pacific 10, Pacific 12, Pacific 8 football history, that USC and UCLA would be leading the Pac-12 for the Big 10 in 2024. Now, Blair, before I get your reaction, we started the West of the Rest two and a half years ago because a large number of recruits were leaving the Western footprint to go play their college football elsewhere. Now you have two of the original members of the conference leaving the Western footprint to play their college football elsewhere immediate reaction go if you can't beat them you join them right and and i think we might have to rethink the title of this podcast if we're gonna be talking about usc and ucla moving forward because they will no longer be west of the rest they're gonna be part of that rest they're just gonna be west coast bound and and you mentioned me driving around the 405 this is now a big 10 city can you believe it (laughs) as it's been man's plan to make one of the most westernmost cities that hosts a major university times two to be a part of flyover country. Yeah, 405 country. I mean, imagine the Wisconsin fan, the Purdue fan, the Illinois fan getting off the getting off their flight at LAX, coming out here and getting stuck in an hour and 35 minutes to get to their hotel before heading over to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl or for the Coliseum. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to, I think, get all these people a taste of what it's like. And dare I say, maybe the rest of the country will stop complaining about Los Angeles fans not being able to get into their seats before kickoff. I think they're going to start to understand. They, they very much will. The, the most fascinating thing is, you know, every year that the Rose Bowl has been played where it's been a Pac-12 Big Ten matchup, you see a number of Big Ten fans come in, no matter where they're from, whether it's Wisconsin taking over the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, there are numerous visits. We saw it with Iowa. We've seen it with Illinois. We've seen Michigan. We've seen a number of these Big Ten schools make their way out west. Now, that trip to the Rose Bowl could be a middle of October conference game instead of just a game you're playing in early September or a game you're playing on New Year's Day. Now, we might be preparing for those memorable Penn State USC games at the Coliseum. The last time those two teams met was in the Rubble, the, the Rose Bowl, the very memorable Sam Darnold Rose Bowl. But now that game may take place inside the Coliseum in October. You know, you could have a, a scenario now where UCLA is playing Iowa on a November Friday night game for television purposes. I mean, you and I both grew up in Southern California. You and I both grew up watching the Rose Bowl game, knowing how close that was to our hometowns. 
in matchups that you used to only get maybe once every five, seven years in September or every year in on New Year's Day, now you're going to get four or five, six of those each fall. And according to all reports, there might be more movement, but is college football changing? And more importantly, what does this do to recruiting the Western footprint for not just UCLA and USC, not just for the Big Ten, but for those schools that now find themselves in limbo as Pac-12 members? Yeah, I mean, the... the- the Big Ten schools were already getting the top tier recruits that they were in contention for, right? Like, just look at CJ Stroud, who is right now rumored and projected to be a high NFL draft pick. We saw him this week at the Elite 11 finals, uh, a player from Southern California, Rancho Kamunga, who chose the Buckeyes over Georgia and Oregon, right? So he wasn't even thinking about staying local. And this is only going to help those schools, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Wisconsin's, the Iowa's, those programs that are contending year after year for a Big Ten championship can now come to LA and confidently recruit that top tier recruit. If you're James Franklin at Penn State and you're trying to go after a quarterback now in Southern California and tell him, hey, every year, you're going to be able to play back home or every two years you're going to go and and be able to play, whether that's at the Rose Bowl or at the Coliseum, or, you know, they're going to be able to come out and and see you as well. You're going to be on TV. There's a lot of different elements now working in favor, not only of the big 10 schools, but obviously both of these LA schools. Now you would imagine, but to help attract those recruits from leaving, right? Then now you're going to be playing, for one of the top conferences in the country, whether that's the SEC or now the Big Ten, you're going to have a legitimate shot of, of reaching a college football playoff because let, let's be real, if you're going to a Pac-12 school in recent years, there, there hasn't been a realistic shot of you being a college football playoff contender. You know, the coaches can say what they want, but I've never gotten truly a sense that there has been a legitimate college football playoff contender in the Pac-12 with USC struggling the way they have. Uh, Oregon's obviously catapulted itself, but it's going to be interesting to see what this does for those schools, right? The the Oregons, the the Washingtons, the Stanfords. I don't want to say too much because more more news could break here in the next day or so, but what what happens to those programs and their recruiting efforts? Yeah, just say, I mean, think about this. In the New Year's Six Bowls in the 2021 season, five of the six games had a starting quarterback at least in one point in the season or in their bowl game that had a quarterback from either Southern California or the Western footprint. So you have the Sugar Bowl, Matt Corral, Southern California. You have the Rose Bowl, two Southern California quarterbacks, Cam Rising against CJ Stroud. In the Fiesta Bowl, okay, Fiesta Bowl actually didn't have a, a Southern Californian starter, but Tyler Buckner played a lot of snaps last year for Notre Dame, San Diego, Georgia versus Michigan. Michigan's quarterback was from Reno. Georgia's quarterback at the start of the year from Southern California. The Cotton Bowl, Alabama against Cincinnati. Alabama's starting quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner from Southern California. Only one of those schools that we mentioned was in the Pac-12, and that was Utah with Cam Rising. So, you know, we've already seen recruits leaving the region, leaving the footprint. Does this mean that that door gets thrown open even more or... The flip side, do now kids that are in the West Coast, that are on the West Coast, in Southern California, out of USC, or or, or looking at USC and UCLA more 
strongly because they will get to play in the big house. They'll get to play at the horseshoe. They may get to be a wide out opponent. They may get to go jump around at Camp Randall Stadium. Does that mean that those Midwest kids that maybe weren't as frequently leaving the, the, the Big Ten footprint now, they are in the quote-unquote Big Ten footprint, but now in Los Angeles? I mean, the possibilities are endless. I, I saw Chris Trevino, who covers USC football and USC recruiting, uh, over at uscfootball.com. And he tweeted some to the extent of, you know, USC's offseason. It was competent coach, competent uh, admin, and competent conference. And they checked all three boxes off. You know, USC heads into the Big Ten in two years from now with a new coach, a completely new look to the program, uh, but an athletic director who's also spent some time in the Midwest. UCLA heads into the Big Ten with a athletic director who had spent time at Michigan State and Ohio State. So at least to the administration, this isn't a big change. But to the recruits, to those West Coast recruits, we've seen West Coast guys go to the Big Ten. We've seen Michigan recruit the Western footprint for a number of years. You know, Wisconsin's picked it up. Well, it wasn't, what, three years ago where the Big Ten and Notre Dame signed the top three players from the state of Hawaii. You know, so we, we've seen it happen, but does this maybe increase the Big Ten's visibility in not just Los Angeles, but in the entire Pac-12? You know, and, and does this mean that an Oregon or a Washington or a Stanford and a Cal will follow? I've got to think that recruiting, as you and I know it, as we've covered it, and we're already dealing with change after change with NIL, with you know early official visits, with the early signing period. Now you throw in the Super Conference, which had kind of kept its distance from the West Coast, now completely throw it open. I think the recruiting coverage that you and I and Greg Biggins have done out West has just changed dramatically over the course of just June 30th, 2022. Yeah, there's so many ripple effects. I think the first thing is we have to eliminate the concept of geographical significance, right? Like it, it no longer matters if you're a West Coast recruit and you want to play in the Big Ten because now obviously you're going to have a chance to play Big Ten football if you're a West Coast recruit. Let's let's look at Ohio State specifically, right? They've been the class of the Big Ten up until last year. Michigan obviously went on a terrific run to the college football playoff, but sustained success has been on Ohio State side in recent years. You look at the efforts that they've done out West, Getting JT Tuomolo out, G. Scott Jr., they were tremendous in the state of Arizona. Getting, you know, Denzel Burke and Lathan Ransom and Enoke Vimahi out in Hawaii. CJ Stroud, we mentioned earlier. Uh, they, they, you know, Chris Olave is a San Diego product. They have been terrific recruiting the West region. What does that do now for the Buckeyes? Like, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I look at this and I wonder okay, were these players coming to Ohio State to come to Ohio State or were they coming to play Big Ten football? Because if the answer is the latter part of that, they can now play Big Ten football, but they don't have to leave the West. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a case study. There's We're going to be able to draw up the data and, and see how this affects things and, and whether or not UCLA is more successful recruiting, you know, the states of Ohio or Indiana or Michigan or, you know, Nebraska and, and, and all, you know, the Missouri's and, and, and that whole region, Minnesota, and whether USC can now, you know, maybe attract a, a five-star offensive lineman, you know, and, and not lose them to a Clemson, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of different layers and I don't even know, what the answer is going to be, you know, like, I just feel like we're in this frontier and everything's un unmarked. The territory is, is still to be defined and we have no idea what this looks like. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, but each and every year you cover Pac-12 Media Day, and you always cover it from an angle of recruiting. You know, whether it's talking to the coaches to ask them about their recruiting class that they just signed that are coming in as true freshmen or big picture stuff, you know, Pac-12 Media Day in a month from now is going to be probably awkward, probably fascinating. I, uh, I already got my credential application approved. It's going to be in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, very awkward because now, as you know, Los Angeles is is a notable Big Ten city. Yes. Uh, so for the so for the Pac-12 to hold its annual media day in a Big Ten city, I mean, them's fighting words, Huff. Them's is fighting words. You can't spell Columbus, Ann Arbor, or West Lafayette without L.A. Blair. It's very true. Very true. I'm a. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see. So we saw Dorian Thompson Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, uh, at the Elite Eleven Finals. He was one of the counselors. And remember, he took an official visit to Michigan. He's a Michigan legacy. His mother, having gone to 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 Ann Arbor, she studied there. She got her degree there. Uh, he really liked Coach Harbaugh during the recruiting process. He he eventually chose UCLA over Michigan. Uh, but this is a player from Las Vegas at Bishop Gorman High School, had offers from every corner of the country, and it, it became a Big Ten versus Pac-12 battle. He ultimately decided to, to pick the the palm trees and the beach and, you know, the sunny weather over over Big Ten country. But, you know, how does that change things for the next Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? Like the players that now have a UCLA offer, does that help 2024 recruiting for the Bruins? Do we see them now become a more attractive option for some of these players? Uh, do national recruits now want a USC offer, right? Like I know that that's always been an offer that means a little bit more to recruits when they get it, but does it carry more significance now? Like if I go to USC, if I'm a recruit, do I now have a better shot of actually making the college football playoff? And does that elevate that offer? I mean, there's so many different aspects of it that make this truly, I, I think, one of the most mind-blowing things that could have happened to college football recruiting. I was thinking about this earlier. I was on a group chat with a, a couple of friends that represent about four different Pac-12 North schools. And we were talking about when 2010 happened and kind of the first wave of conference realignment where you had Texas A&M and Missouri leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. When you had the talks about Nebraska leaving the Big 12 to go to the Big 10. When Colorado was leaving the Big 12 to go to the Pac-12 and then or what was then the Pac-10. And then Utah getting kind of the call up from the mid-majors to get to go to the Pac-12. 
And that was really the only time the Pac-12 has been a player. It's been talked about. It's been thrown about. It's been banded about. But when John Wilner's tweet went on to Twitter, it definitely blew things up. Now, we're going to play a scenario game here real quick. Let's just assume, at least for the sake of this broadcast or this podcast, that the Big Ten holds at just UCLA and USC. They don't add any other Pac-12 schools. We know that's not going to happen. We know that there's going to be so many other things set in motion here. But what Pac-12 schools do you think benefit the most from UCLA and USC leaving the conference? And which Pac-12 schools do you think take the biggest crushing blow with Pac- with UCLA and USC leaving the conference? I think Oregon clearly becomes the class from a recruiting standpoint, right? Like they become the alpha in the Pac-12 uh, once USC is gone. Like no one's going to be able to really compete against Oregon from a recruiting standpoint with all things considering, right? With that staff that's there, with the momentum that they've built, with the facilities, with Nike, with the flash and the uniforms and all that. Oregon is top dog. And then next, you have to think Utah benefits. Yeah. They've already beat, Utah's already been beating USC and UCLA in a lot of recruiting battles. They are a bit more selective than USC in, in terms of their offers, but they offer a specific type of recruit that fits their system. They do a terrific job of evaluating. And you would think that with USC and UCLA no longer in the mix there to really battle for, for certain guys. I think that's going. That's only going to help them. I think it, with UCLA and USC expanding their recruiting reach, it's going to just, I think, help Utah hone in on, on their type of regional recruit that they thrive with. So I would say Utah, Oregon, obviously just met for the Pac-12 championship. Oregon um, ha- ha- had a coaching change. Utah coming off a, a really successful, you know, al- albeit a, a defeat in the Rose Bowl, but they are clearly the the winners. The losers, you know, I would say maybe the the California schools. You know, I I think there was always uh, a really cool, interesting aspect, and maybe they'll figure out a way to make some of these non conference games happen, where UCLA plays Cal and USC plays Stanford, or vice versa, um, as as our USC friends like to call it, the weekender. Right, once mm-hmm. a year they go up to the Bay Area, and it's a great trip. Uh, hopefully, that still stays intact. But th- that I think. That allure of, of recruiting to a cow or to a Stanford, if you're on that staff and say, hey, once a year, you're going to be able to play against the best players in Southern California. To lose that, I, I think, would be a, a, a very negative thing in their recruiting efforts. And, um, you know, I, I think it would also, in a way, hurt those two schools that want to keep in-state talent home because you would imagine that this boost USC and UCLA uh, with those in-state recruits to play in a more attractive conference uh, and that would maybe diminish the amount of prospects that Cal and Stanford could go after. It's been a monumental day in the history of college sports with the the rumor that is actually being voted on as we speak by the Big Ten that UCLA and USC will be leaving the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. We're going to wrap it up here in just a moment. But Blair, I'm curious. I've been to a number of college football stadiums around the country. Believe it or not, I have never seen a game inside a Big Ten stadium. I've seen games in the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, at Notre Dame, but I've never been to Big Ten. You get one choice. Do you, A, watch the I get dotted at Ohio State, B, wave a pom-pom at the birthplace of the Surrender Cobra in the big house, jump around at Camp Randall Stadium, be a part of the whiteout at Penn State, row, row, row your boat at Minnesota or everything else that's in the Big Ten, which I'm forgetting now because I think they all start with an I. 
<laughs> I, uh, I would, from an atmosphere standpoint, I think it would be a lot of fun to go to a Penn State game. Uh, just seeing the whiteout. Obviously, I, I don't think they would choose either a USC or UCLA game to, to be that whiteout. You, you still have to keep it traditional Big Ten. Uh, but if there was ever a chance to go and watch a whiteout game, I think that'd be a lot of fun. My sneaky pick would be Northwestern because Chicago is a phenomenal city. Mm-hmm. And anytime I'm able to go to Chicago... And maybe line it up with a little trip to Wrigley and maybe, you know, figure out a a way to go to Soldier Field on a Sunday or even make the drive up to Lambeau. Uh, I think that is a terrific um, sleeper pick for me is is Northwestern. Uh, And and you would you would imagine that 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 environment is also more Pac-12 like. So, so, you know, I travel a long way for a bit more silence and a bit more coziness, uh, which I think I'm always in, in the mood for. But by the way, I'm super excited because I've been a lifelong Southern California resident and I've never gotten the Pac-12 network, but I've always had the Big Ten network. So I'm excited for that, just for that lone fact that now, I have the Big Tent Network and I will be represented and my city of Los Angeles will be represented on the Big Ten Network. In the new Conference of Champions, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Big Ten. USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten up into Alan True and Steve Wilfong country. Uh, Blair, at least we don't have to completely change our podcast name like our friends of the Podcast of Champions, but there might be a uh, title change coming in the very near future for the West of the rest. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but busy week for you covering the Elite 11. Thank you to John Wilner for blowing up everybody in college football's day. This is going to be a fascinating next couple of years to watch in college football. We'll continue to cover those players out West, maybe the schools out West too, but at least the players. But for Blair Angulo, I'm Brandon Huffman. You are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.